Greetings and welcome to the TAMS Percussion Podcast. Don't forget to support us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Anchor. Also, check out our Patreon and PayPal. For questions, comments, or suggestions, reach us at tamspercussion at gmail.com or on Instagram at Podcast. Hey, hey, guys. Welcome back to episode 11 of the TAMS Percussion Podcast. We are joined by, once again, our very own Michael and Sue Lynn. How are you guys doing today? Yes, Good. I'm doing great, man. I just got done. I went to a, I went on a hike today with my dad. Went for like a five and a half mile hike just up this little rock <laughs> and around Winchester. Around like it's on the border between Virginia and West Virginia, so it's pretty cool. But I'm like a little sunburnt now. But other than that, I'm doing great. How are you doing, Sky? I am doing great. I've just been chilling, and that's all I could really want right now. And also, happy holiday, guys. I know was it yesterday was Christmas. We're almost to New Year's. Yeah. Time this episode comes out, it'll be past both of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. New by the time this comes out. So do you guys have any New Year's resolutions? Practice. Yes. I'm gonna do a pull-up. I will do push-ups and curl and sit-ups while I don't practice when I'm practicing, if that makes any sense. On the practice room floor, that sounds good. Me too. Exactly. There was a time where I would be like, oh, yeah, I'm not practicing right now. Every hour, any hour, I'm going to do like 10 push-ups. And I used to be in such better shape, and now I'm not. <laughs> so it's fun. Michael, so we have a very special guest today. Would you like to introduce her for us? Yeah, definitely. So today we have Dana coming on today. Pew, pew. Hello. Thank you guys yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming on, Dana. So Dana is a 23-year-old percussionist from San Antonio, Texas. Attended John Paul Stevens High School, received a bachelor's degree in music performance from UT Austin, and is currently working on her master's degree at Rice in Houston. Mm. Dana has recently attended the Round Top Summer Music Festival in Round Top, Texas, the Texas Music Festival in Houston, Texas, and the Stellenbosch International Competition Music Festival in Stellenbosch, South Africa. Wow. It- Dana was a finalist in the duo category in the 2017 Great Plains Marimba competition in Oklahoma City, and she's currently the principal percussionist of the Bozeman Symphony Orchestra in Bozeman, Montana. Most recently, Dana won the 2021 PASIC mock audition in Indianapolis and Indiana at PASIC, where we all kind of got to saw each other and meet each other for the first time, so it's really cool to actually get to see you there. And of course, in her free time, Dana enjoys spending time for family and running. I've heard... You run marathons, right? I just ran my first one, yeah, at the beginning of the month. Yeah. How was it? It was awesome. I was pretty tired, pretty tired at the end. But yeah, I finished third in my age group, which was like really surprising. So that's cool. For your first one? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was not expecting that. So it's like, okay, yeah, maybe we'll try to qualify for Boston next time or something like that. We'll see. There you go. Texas is really built different. Just oh, just everything. Texas, yeah, yeah. Some say that. Oh man, Texas is wild to me. Guys, let's go Texas. Yeah, so let's get let's go ahead and just get started here. Let's I'm just talking about UT Austin. I know you did your bachelor's over there. What what was your experience working with everybody over there? Like, do you have any memorable stories about kind of how you guys started over UT Austin? Everything has kind of happened. 
Yeah, it, well, it's awesome. And I know all those guys now, um, I still know a few, a few people there. They're just grinding. They're doing so well in competitions and stuff. Like I'm a really proud alumni. Like they're just killing it. But yeah, my freshman year, we went to PASIC. We were chosen, you know, um, our percussion ensemble was chosen. They're pretty much chosen like every four years because that's when you can apply like every four years. So they actually went this because they actually made it for 2020, but PASIC was like canceled. So they just performed too. That was like a big reason why I actually went to PASIC because I was like, I'm going to go anyway. Like I want to see them. And then it's like, oh, I might as well like try out for that mock audition. So that's kind of how that all worked out. But um, yeah, UT was awesome. I first studied with uh, Tom Burrett, you know, with marimba stuff, but I was, you know, mainly focused in the orchestral route. So I studied with Tony Edwards, who's the principal timpanist of the Austin Symphony. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I learned a lot. Loved it there. It's really awesome. Uh, Very cool. I have a friend of mine who just graduated from JMU. Who's there now for his doctorate? I don't know if you know him, Reese Maltzby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I met him at PASIC. Yeah, really cool guy. I met him, like, Um, in 2018. He graduated before I got there. Of course, I never really got to work with him directly. But really cool guy. If you're seeing this, Reese, hey, what's up, dude? (laughs) Shout out, shout out. Shout out to Reese. (laughs) Dana, I have a question for you. Well, actually, like, two. But, like, so you're super awesome. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm like, like, whoa, my... Like, you know the emoji that has, like, the star eyes? Like, feel like that's me right now. Like, you're so young, but you're, like, so cool, and you've done all these things. But, like, I'm like, wow, I'm 21, and I'm such, like, a little pickle. And I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I don't know what I want. But, like, how? okay, so, like, first, how did you get into percussion? And then how did you know that you kind of wanted to go into this, like, orchestra? Well, I'm pretty sure it seems like because you're doing all the, these auditions and stuff like that. Like, how did you know you wanted to go into this orchestral path? Because, like, for me, um, and I have other questions later, because I'm trying to, like, apply for Aspen and, like, other festivals. But I'm like, I'm not really an orchestral person, but it's also because I've never really been, like, exposed to it, so, like, too. So how did you know you wanted to do that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great questions. Um, so how did I start off in percussion? Well, I started off in sixth grade, you know, just choosing an instrument when you're going into middle school. Um, Both of my parents are actually band directors. My dad is a high school band director and my mom is a middle school band director. So I've just been around it since before I was born, you know. Um, Yeah, nice. Yeah, and so I was actually in fourth grade, I started on French horn and fifth grade, I started on trumpet. And like right before I chose an instrument, rock band came out that spring, like before. So that was like a set. I was like, no, I'm playing the drums. Um, Yeah. So just kind of, and I started private lessons, you know, my parents, they knew better. So I started private lessons when I was in sixth grade, you know, nothing crazy, but my seventh grade year, I auditioned for middle school region for the first time, you know, and it's kind of different for a seventh grader too, mainly eighth graders. But I was like, wow, it was really awesome. Um, and I, I got like second, so it was already like, I was like really into it. And then I auditioned for high school in eighth grade because you can do that. So like, it kind of like, that's kind of what started it. Um, in high school, I was auditioning, you know, through the all state process and my junior year, I finally made, I made state. 
the all state, you know, the top, and I got like fifth at state or something like that. And what really like set me on that, because I just liked auditioning, you know, but I wasn't like married to it because I really like playing room, but also in solo stuff, like for sure. And I still do that. But um, being in that all state orchestra, the top all state orchestra, we played um, Swan Lake and Don Juan. And it was like, oh man. And just a part of that, like being so meticulous in your choice of like bass drum mallet and cymbal, it was just like, it's everything, you know, it's those moments that like speak to the audience and that they really remember. And it's, it was just really fun for me. So that was like, yep, I want to do that. I want to do that. And I also like auditioning too, which is kind of, I think a rarity. A lot of people don't like actually auditioning, but I like that too. So it's like, you know, winning the whole I hate auditions. I think they suck and but that's super cool. Yeah, we can we can talk about that, like just kind of overcoming everything (laughs) people don't like about auditions. Because I used to be a wreck and stuff too, but um Yeah, Yeah, you're like, I'm a pro now. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm I still have stuff to work on, but like I'm learning, you know, like I'm that's great. Yeah. I mean, the first step to being a pro is lear- is admitting you have to learn things still. So you're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> and I really cannot imagine a point in my life where I'm done learning things, you know? <laughs> like, it's especially with percussion, you know, there's still, it's just so many instruments and styles, and you can stay busy for a long time. <laughs> well, yeah. Kind of going off, because we were talking, because now we're on the topic of auditions. Well, for the, when you approach an audition, what do you have like a system of like, okay, here's what I need. Like, do you have a system of how you progress or prepare um, what you work on? Is it like excerpts first? Is it techniques? Is it like fine detailing? Like what, what is, or you can use the basic mock auditions, for example, or just, just like, what, what do you do? If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am a big supporter of like fundamentals all the way. Um, Love them. I do them every day. Um, People make fun of me because I like scales. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much when you're like, well, right now um, I'm preparing for St. Louis, the assistant principal timpani section percussion job. That'll be at the end of February, early March. So still a ways away. And I've been working on that for a little bit already, but not necessarily the music. Um, It's kind of like the farther you are away, the majority of my practice is fundamentals, like preparing for those excerpts and kind. And so it's like, you know, split, maybe like 70, 30, you know, I'm just like learning notes from new excerpts that I haven't played before. And as I get closer to the audition, I start playing more rep and all that. Um, as far as instruments that I'm still working on, just because there's so many instruments, it's not just like a few or for like, even the, the pacing mock, it was just a few for the pacing mock. It was like Bach on marimba, xylophone, glock, snare, cymbals and tambourine. So that was it. But like, now you have like bass drum and a lot of timpani and triangle. <laughs> it's just a lot of excerpts. It's a balancing act, you know? Um, so for the bigger instruments, um, that it'll take me like kind of two hours to get through those. So those all kind of rotate, you know, through a number of days or how much time I have in the day. But I try to hit accessories every day. Yeah. 
that's the advice I've been given to. So, yeah. Uh, how would you practice, or how do you practice when you don't have access to the instruments, or like there's like it's quiet time and you can't bust out your snare drum and wake up the neighborhood? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, well, I I'm I'm fortunate when I come home because I'm home right now. Um, since my dad's a band director, I have lots of instruments. <laughs> So that's good. And my parents are so supportive. So they, they kind of let me make noise, but I am an early bird. So I start practicing early. And so I, that's a great question. I start on snare drum, you see. And so I'll just kind of pat it up on like a really soft side and that's how I warm up. And then I will start, I'll practice soft playing. Cause I, of course I do that. And, you know, like really soft fundamentals and then soft excerpts. And by that time they're like normally awake. So nice. Yeah. And I don't practice into the, into the night really. So I don't, I don't bother anyone at nighttime. You have like a go-to warm-up. Stick control is always good. I know it's pretty basic, but like, if that's a go-to stick, stick control, I'm sure Josh Jones will say that too. When he's there next week. <laughs> anything. Coming soon. Yeah. Soon. Yeah, I know. I've definitely learned a lot about the importance of stick control. It was like, that was like, some of my first lessons of Casey this semester have been like just trying to like grind the flam page of stick control because we're talking about my auditions and like I wish I could have done better on my audition for this past semester but like I've learned so much this whole semester like we started out just doing like really refixing refining all my like kind of flam motions and stuff like that and kind of getting into the more technical side of snare drum like getting really into rudimental stuff this semester too has been a huge thing I never did that before this semester somehow and you know, it's just kind of a different approach to everything. So it's really cool that like everyone's saying stick control is kind of the thing to do, you know? Also, also, um, there was this one time that I had to be like quarantined because somebody around me was like exposed to COVID or something like that. So I had to like quarantine for a bit. So I was like stuck in my room and I didn't have like a room or anything. Right. Um, this was at, you know, when I was in Houston living in like grad housing and I started doing stick control with, um, marimba mallets so i was like playing 16 notes you know like stick control and then having eight notes in the other hand some of those i recommend yeah, yeah. Like the first time you're trying it it's like what you know you have to like find your balance like what the what's going on yeah recommend. listen to um music while like pop music and stuff like while you do stick control or like i know some people watch youtube videos which i can't do but like i definitely like do some like I don't know, paradiddles with some like pop tunes or whatever, like Ariana Grande or something like that. Or like I do like, I don't know if you know, like Body by like Megan Thee Stallion with, um, I think that's, yeah, that's that with Scheherazade. And like, so there are some things um, that like I do with like pop songs or like positions by Ariana, Ariana Grande um, on tambourine for Petrushka. Is that the one with the rolling? <laughs> Yeah. The finger roll? Yeah. I don't know. So, like, Dana, do you do anything like that? Or, I don't know, any of you guys? I yeah, do. I absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I post on my Instagram some, you know, stuff that I, I do. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool. Like, every new audition cycle, sometimes I'll have songs that, like, okay, I already know, like, this totally is this tempo for this or another. But, yeah. Oh, awesome. The Fitness Gram Pacer Test has a great soundtrack for performing. Oh, Did you guys have to do that? I like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I heard 
kids don't got to do it anymore. But I know. Well, I remember. Or I don't know. Somewhere someone said that, oh, they're not requiring the fitness grand pacer test anymore. I'm like, I guess. But also, like, that soundtrack is just, ooh. My gym were tall. And he was like, see, Sulin, for like the first two rounds, you just. You just have to walk. And I'm like very short. So here I am like sprinting already. And his long legs, he's like literally walking for these like first two rounds. And I don't know. I hate that. Takes him two steps to walk <laughs> yeah, exactly. through 30 meters. All the, way the, all the way across the basketball court or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I remember everybody like bringing in like the whole, oh. um, like the big, the big like, boom box kind of thing everybody was walking in you knew when you knew that was coming in you're like oh my god it's the pacer day isn't it oh yeah groaning (laughs) i think you could just like skip that day if you knew i don't know yeah we gotta get like intel if you're elementary school gym teachers and stuff i don't know how you're gonna i think someone should notate the entire track and exactly where the beep is and then make a whole like snare drum warm-up or just any stick warm up. We could do that yeah. could <laughs> with the beat. Running, we could do it like with like chops or something. About a sidestep. Yeah. I am progressively gets faster. It'd be great. Marching pacer test. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. So on the topic of Instagram, I know we kind of <laughs> went around it a little bit. First of all. I love watching like all your content on Instagram. I'm she underscore practices underscore perk. If you all want to check it out for yourselves, yeah. it's just so great to like all these variety of all this variety of content. Do you like? I think you post like almost every day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Part. almost yeah. Mm-hmm. You have any good like tips on just growing a platform like that for some people who just haven't really done a whole ton of Instagram things yet? Ah. Uh... It's honestly been a little luck. Um, it was well, okay. Let me tell you. Let me tell you the origin of this account. Actually, it's it's. I did not intend for this to happen at all. Um, I started it the fall before I auditioned for grad school, and it was because I wanted practice uh, recording myself because I hate recording myself more than anything. Really don't like it, and I knew I was going to have to for grad pre screenings, you know, and. I also like really wanted to get into good grad schools, you know, that I, that I wanted to. So it was actually a locked account and I only let like 30 people follow it who, and it was like, okay, this is what I have. Everybody like roast me and give me feedback, like help me kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then I, I, you know, unprivated it or unlocked it or whatever you call it. And more people started following and like liking it and then it was kind of josh jones i think that started it he like um like gave me a shout out because he saw me do shaman three backwards or so i think that was what it was um and and then i got a ton of followers and then i think i posted shaharazad d to e and then like pearl adams because i was using the pancake and they like shouted me out and that got me followers so that's if that's any advice i could give it's maybe not ask because I've never asked anyone like give me a shout out but yeah like if you just post enough content or use people's stuff or maybe hashtag them or at them and they like it and they'll give you shout outs that's helped a lot like Freer did also just because he saw I was using his sticks and yeah 
that's helped a lot. So I just got, I just broke a thousand followers on there. So yes, congratulations. I was gonna say, have you ever experimented with like reels or anything? Because I've heard a lot of like, I've had a lot of positive growth on my own account with just reels in general. So like, what are those? So there's a little like Instagram version of a TikTok. (laughs) Gotcha. And so. Do you like mainly talk in those? So I did one not too long. I guess my very first reel I ever did, I got like 6,000 something views on it just from like, I explained, I'm like, I did like a little like extraction exercise with like reflections on nature of water. And like, it was like, oh, I was like, oh, like, oh yeah, here's, so I broke this little lick down here and like tried this kind of thing. Like I just played like a couple different times and like put it all together. Edited myself doing a little thumbs up at the end and like, it works. That's a really cool way to like just grow a platform again. And like, I know I think your content would be really compatible with a lot of reels. So like, that's just a that's like a kind of Instagram kind of little you want a free boost. Thank you for the advice. You're giving me advice over here. Asking you all these questions. Always no, learn. Yeah. Always gotta keep a positive mindset. Learn things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> record on your um like i i don't know if do you have an iphone or something like do you just record on your phone because like i noticed like like i know like i have a practice account but i haven't been using it just because i hate recording but it's not because i hate recording myself but it's just that like i'm very lazy and where i put my phone like the placement with like a music stand and i'm like sometimes the music stand shakes and like i don't know do you have any tips on like that kind of side of things or do you just like i feel like maybe because my practice rooms are kind of small so like i don't know it's like too close to the instrument or i don't know do you have any tips on that kind of thing maybe not tips but i i struggle also the only thing that seems to like bother it because i mainly put it on a stand it's Mm. And I, I put it up close and I play snare drum. And if it's like kind of a louder snare drum thing, you'll hear the stand um, echo a little bit, but it's like not enough to really like bother me. Cause it's just like a practice video, you know? Cause I, since I post every day, I don't like edit them or whatever. So it's just like right. both to yeah. that, but yeah, you got to get creative sometimes. Like there's sometimes I'll like put it, you know, um, on like mallet instruments, like at the very end, there's like a little space. There's times I've like straight yes. edit in there, and it's like, yes. it's like kind of artsy. I think <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm just struggling right now. It's like yeah. the best angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to like check your check your you know placements. Um, POV, yeah. your Dan is marimba. <laughs> there's a video. Yeah. There's a video I saw on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember who it was. But I was watching it, and I'm like, dang, I like this This piece is cool. And then I, I looked, like, I, like, the third time I watched it, I looked, I looked at how his mic was set up. It was a cymbal stand. It was a boom cymbal stand with a crash cradle. No, it, it was a boom stand all the way extended with the boom arm with a crash cradle with the mic attached to the end of the crash cradle. I'm like, who demands? Look this. Yeah. <laughs> and then Someone, the person the person okay. replied to that comment a year later he's like it's what i got i'm like man yes, was, that person is brave <laughs> brave soul <laughs> it was yeah we it's the golden question is what is the 
easiest setup to make videos with percussion. So now I have this writing question of, do you have any tips for how to like approach an audition? So like, like I said before, I'm doing my festival auditions and part of me is like, okay, my problem is that I procrastinate a ton. And like, I feel like I, I can procrastinate. Like I had, this is so bad, but so I'm studying under um, Tom Sherwood currently and I had a lesson but I didn't practice. So I learned a map. I think I learned, I think, was it like, I think it was like Ragtime Robin or whatever, under two hours and I could play it up to tempo. Um, and I played it for him and I was like, I'm so sorry, Tom. Like I didn't practice, but here's this Ragtime. And he's, and then I played it for him like up to tempo and he's like, that took you only two hours. And I'm like, yes. So he's like, you have potential, but you like procrastinate a lot, which is really bad. And I know with excerpts, like you shouldn't do that. But I was wondering, I feel like for me, I mean, obviously like the hardest thing is to like get started. And I think I get bogged down because I'm like, well, I have to like find, like for Aspen, they don't give you the PDF. And I was texting Michael about it because I couldn't find one of the um, excerpts from, I cannot remember. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lieutenant Kiji and I like couldn't find one of them so like that was like me trying to like spend time looking up on um, IMSLP to find like the excerpt but then it's also just like finding a bunch of recordings and then like I don't know maybe I'm just like maybe I'm just a lazy potato but I don't know do you have any audition tips and stuff like that because I know you really like it but for me excerpts are like boring um, I want to like them but yeah no they yeah it's it can get very boring I think that's why like I you know do weird stuff to excerpts and make those videos because you gotta you gotta keep it interesting because it's like like 12 measures like yeah you know like you know it like you learn it and you know it right and it's just about perfecting it but um about procrastinating um yeah it's super easy for you know talented people to do that and you can't really do that. I think in auditions, um, ooh, um, sorry, there's like fireworks outside. <laughs> um, but no, in an audition, because there you're playing with something else when you audition, you're playing with nerves and adrenaline and your different fast twitch muscles will activate, you know, based on how nervous you are and stuff like that, or your hands will sweat, or, you know, just things will happen to you and you, shouldn't only rely on muscle memory but if you don't put in enough time you just straight up won't have it and that's always a good um you know right backup to have and even like mental practicing so you can't procrastinate that either because you got a mental practice so you have your muscle memory but then you have it like super ingrained in your you know memory too and that all takes a lot of time like um and maybe this is a good thing for you when um you know, you're feeling bogged down. Um, there's a lot of things like Kiji. I won't spend two hours on Kiji. Like that's just, that's not what I do, but I've started on fundamentals, like specifically for Kiji, like a month ago. And I'll do those like kind of 10 minutes every day, maybe, you know, so just like doing it every day, at least you're doing it every day, you know, so you're just building this, you know, backup muscle memory, which is great. Um, yeah, 
I guess because like I guess for me um instead of practicing it 10 minutes every day I just kind of cram it into two hours like so I will practice kiji for an hour I will like go through every single measure and I'll like repeat like a four stroke rough or whatever three stroke rough for like an hour so I guess it kind of works but obviously like you know in the long run it's probably better if I did kiji for an hour every single day for a while that would probably be the best thing maybe but yeah or or you could split it up like you spend 20 minutes maybe not even maybe 15 minutes on soft playing and then 10 minutes on four stroke roughs and then 10 minutes on soft accent taps and then five minutes on kiji right type yeah. thing you know because if you're just practicing kiji for you know we're just saying it as an example right for yeah. two hours then you'll just be good at kiji but if you're practicing the fundamentals then you'll get uh prokofia five you know that the soft excerpt and then your drags and ornaments will be sick because you've been practicing it for that long you know wow yeah. that's a great advice okay everybody write that down <laughs> i have to practice today and i think i'm going to practice until like 12 or longer because i'm a night practicer but like <laughs> you i because I, I practice like really late there's I no sleep yeah, sleep doesn't That's exist because when you're on the grind, I don't know. But yeah, definitely I have to like, I will do these things while I practice. Yeah, yeah. Let me know how it goes too. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, awesome. I know we were talking, you were mentioned earlier really quick about like just nerves and anxiety during auditions and kind of stuff. Do you have any ways to, would that work for you that simulate that anxiety of being in an audition? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just, you know, throwing it out there. I don't take beta blockers. I, I just, I don't, I, I just never felt the need to because I feel like I've learned from, you know, different experiences, but I know some people do that and they say that it works great for them. So that is something to experiment with if it, if you know, nerves are really bothering you. Um, since I've auditioned uh, for, since, you know, middle school and pretty seriously in high school, just different, you know, auditions every year. I started to notice what my body does. And so for me specifically, my hands will sweat, but it'll be like a cold sweat. So it's like my hands are cold, but also sweaty. So it's just like, oh. um, so I know to bring towels. That's very helpful. And like, before I start, you know, wipe off my hands. And then I know my hands shake when I feel the adrenaline, mainly at the beginning of an audition. Cause I'm like excited, not even like nervous because like I could be sounding great but like it's just adrenaline because you care you care so much um and so I've kind of learned how to stop them and like control them and I can kind of stop them mid excerpt too which is kind of a gnarly thing that I've developed you know in the past few years but one thing that I do if you suffer from shaky hands maybe you can try this too is I'll hold my hands out like this I'll see them like you know shaking and I like try to stop them like right before I'm about to you know, walk on or audition, it's like, nope. And you just try to control it and you feel it. And yeah. And that's, the, it helps me maybe like center myself or whatever, but yeah, that has helped me a lot, a lot. Um, also for soft snare drum, before I play, um, I'll set my, the beads of the stick on the head and I'll kind of push in a little bit, you know, just put like some pressure into, you know, my arms and just in the stick and feel it. And then that helps to just center everything. Um, yeah, but the main thing I think that has helped me, and it's been a, I've done this since high school, but at Rice, 
Matt, he has us do a lot of mock auditions. Like um, his is uh, at the minimum 15. And that's kind of where I, where I chill, where I balance. Cause I think any more would be a little much, like it gets a little monotonous, but 15 is like a really good number that I found. Um, just going through that, it, you know, it's definitely not the exact same, you know, you don't get the amount of nerves, but you get the process of like, you've done this so many times. So you really know what's going to happen. It's like, Kiji is like, not going to, it could be like really good or really bad. It like brings it to like, I know Kiji's going to be like in this level of good or bad, you know, like you really know what's going to happen. So when I've gone through auditions, it's like, oh, yeah, I've done this before. Yeah. It's going to sound like that. And it does. And yeah, that's why I think I've been, you know, successful since in auditions since I've, you know, been at Rice because of that. Yeah, so that's just some advice I have. That's awesome. awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want to throw one out. Um, what was what was one of your biggest challenges that you faced, kind of growing up as a percussionist, both either um, either internal like within yourself or external, like dealing with other people, dealing with circumstances. And like also how would how do you overcome those or overcoming or somewhere in there? I'm sorry, you were kind of you were kind of breaking out a little bit. It was oh, internal, external what? It was it like just just a challenge. Repeat the question. Like <laughs> sorry. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, internal, internal, definitely. I mean, just because, you know, musicians, like, I feel like I don't have to elaborate too much on that, you know, just like a bunch of, bunch of pressure. Um, And it, you know, it kind of, it makes you feel like really great that, um, you know, you're like kind of fangirling over like just stuff that I've done because recently I feel like, you know, it's felt like, Oh, I should be doing more, you know, but other people will say like, oh, you're doing like a lot. So, you know, it's an internal battle that I've definitely struggled with is feeling like I'm not doing enough, which is really difficult when you're already on like kind of low sleep and you feel like your whole day is spent doing it, you know, so it's definitely an internal battle of like some imposter syndrome, but also just like... <laughs> trying to be real with yourself like you're really doing all you can do so that is something that I've dealt with just like having to tell myself like you're doing everything that you can do and that's all you can do especially with um you know auditions too because there's so many external factors that you have no control over and that are there's like human error you know or just different people's straight up opinion like at, you know when all like when you audition and everyone's like great objectively, it's all subjective. So it's like, you know, who just has a better run that day and what do the, what does the panel like type thing. So it's kind of auditions, like you can do everything you can do, but there's definitely a little bit, a small percentage of luck involved. Um, just kind of accepting it type thing. Yeah. That's something that I've struggled with for sure. Awesome. Thank you. And I think one of the things that I've been realizing lately is, um, and this goes for like, just like general life, but also like in music, there are so many things that are out of our control as humans. And it's hard not to blame ourselves. You, you feel responsible for the things that are out of your control, 
And it's hard to tell yourself that's not your fault. And it's really not like, especially with like COVID, like what if you get COVID during like right before a gig or an audition, you you try as hard as you can not to, you know, be safe in this and it can still happen. But like, yeah, I don't know, just adding onto those things, but thank you. And like even adding on that, like something you're preparing for could get canceled because of COVID and there's nothing you can do about it. You know? Yeah. Just yep i've been there lost both of my recitals at my undergrad to covid so that was a fun time but yeah i think senior one yeah like my junior one was like right at the beginning of covid and then my senior one my dad got covid the week of my recital just out of the blue we were also doing a virtual residency with the new music group alarm will sound at the time if you know of them at all like they're, they're they're really cool you should look them up if you want to on the side thing but i was gonna really say a lot of stuff you're saying like stuff is out of our control i think we have a really good we have a lot of good talks about that recently i know we talked about impotoxicity the impo- like imposter syndrome on the show a little bit and trying to keep a positive mindset so people at home episode five episode six watch them again with this information in your mind absolutely okay i have my question Wow. Have you ever had like a terrible um, audition experience, like where the, the xylophone fell apart or something like that? And then, or something like a crazy, yeah, audition. It's on fire. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not like that, you know, instruments are being set on fire. That has never happened to me. Um, thankfully, there's still time. Could happen. Um there's some, I would say, honestly, this past uh, fall audition for Rice, I kind of did not do great on, but it was kind of a, re- it was straight up because I, I was honest. I did not put in enough time for that, but it was because I was preparing for Cincinnati, um, you know, so I, I kind of like accepted my fate, like it's, gonna happen you know um but I, I it was a huge list and my focus just wasn't on that I was just getting through it so that but what has happened to me um I think it was in high school like some like solo competition or whatever but I was like playing a marimba solo and I like slipped I straight up like slipped you know because it was like well I'm little too so you know everything was huge so I like slipped and I didn't even remember it until like someone who was watching reminded me after I was like oh yeah I totally almost like ate it <laughs> just like kept going you know just trying to yeah so that's a weird thing that's happened to me before <laughs> great question oh my god at least you're safe now well yeah I try to be aware now <laughs> wear shoes with grip or something test them out on this before yeah do you practice with like heels? Like I have my shoes where I call my marimba shoes, but they're just wedges because I'm too short for like all the marimbas. <laughs> no, yeah, I haven't played. Oh, well, no, I just kind of wear stuff with like a shorter heel, not like heels. I know I saw it was at, it was at a PASIC that Shi Wu was like playing a concerto with the Northwestern went ensemble I think and she was playing vibes and she was like wearing like stiletto like really like small tiny heels I, and I can do wedges I can't do like 
heels like thinner than that because like I don't know especially like when I'm tuning I can play like drum set with my wedges and I can tune timpani but if it's like a stiletto like you're gonna like it's gonna go through the hole and then you're just gonna die and fail your audition <laughs> so I she's crazy I would not do it I don't recommend but that's me. <laughs> yeah definitely oh my goodness um so real quick one one little idea do you have any kind of advice that you think would apply to both of these like major worlds you have going on right now like like your running side and like your percussion side do you have any advice that would like kind of culminate be like a good dual like metaphor of some sort and help you out with auditions or anything yeah um yeah it was actually i posted a q and a uh recently after I did the marathon and my boyfriend, he like asked me a really good question. He asked me about, you know, the similarities of running, uh, preparing for a marathon and an audition. And they're actually like ridiculously similar, like incredibly similar. And I, I didn't realize it, but so I'm running your training for a marathon, right? It's 26.2 miles. You don't run 26.2 miles every day to prepare for it. That's just not what happens you know you start off you know really short distances and then you have you know your uh, strength training because you know you have to be strong so you don't get injured and then you have you know your sprinting workouts and so it's just like all these different types of things that you're doing to your body pretty much so that you can prepare for the day and um you never run 26.2 miles before or at least you know beginners like me don't, um, do, don't do that. So you don't know what exactly what it's going to feel like. And that's pretty much the same for an audition. You're never going to know exactly what it feels like until you're there, but you're doing all these different things, all these different things to these excerpts. And that's not including like running them and running them and running them, you know, you're tweaking them and messing with them and taking them apart, you know, just to prepare for this one day. Yeah. And all of this is, um, planned beforehand you know you don't just kind of wake up and say like oh I'm gonna do a long run today you know you like plan everything before that and it's the same for an audition you know you like okay I want to have all these notes learned two months before the audition and I want to start doing mocks three weeks before the audition type thing so nothing's ever a surprise but yeah it's a great question great question yeah, thank you. And one more quick thing. Um, do you have any advice for someone getting into, like, let's say they're a younger percussionist right out of high school auditioning for an undergrad. Do you have any, like, really big tips or really things you wish you knew when you were in that situation? Mm, that's a good one. That is a great question. I would say the two big things that I would probably do more of and or basically that I don't think that people do enough of is sight read should practice sight reading a lot more than I feel like people in like undergrad do or you know master's student in high school like no one does that no one wants to do that but very very beneficial especially for auditions you know that could stand out and also um definitely practice soft playing it's not enough just in general people don't do it enough and I think for young um young percussionists you know coming out definitely make yourself feel uncomfortable when you're practicing those you know extremes 
Yeah. So like if you're practicing saw playing in your hands, shaking, you're like, oh, got to play a little louder. If you're just working on fundamentals, like kind of embrace that, like keep pushing yourself in that regard. Yeah, that's my advice. Do you have any grad school tips as some of us are applying for grad school soon? Yeah, I would say because at that point, you know, you're developed and you have a little more of idea of, you know, who you are and what you do and what you're about. I would say definitely own it, like really own it, own what you do, own your musical decisions, like be able to defend them type thing. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, and, oh, and really just be yourself too, you know, because at least for me, when I was auditioning uh, at Rice, I know he, he interviews you, Matt, he like interviewed the people that he was really into so he was really just kind of checking us out because he likes to keep a good vibe too and like know like what you're about if you're a hard worker and stuff like that so be yourself I as an undergrad or for yeah for oh my god what am I trying to say sorry for auditions for like college auditions I applied to Rice and I auditioned there and I remember it's it's so interesting. Like Rice is such a pretty school, but like he was like, "Your playing is great, but your grades are poopy." So, I don't know. I don't know. In grad school, do you have to be? I, I don't know. Do grades matter? I mean, I'm pretty sure like some places, but like, I don't yeah, know. great question. I know for Rice. Well, I know they're brainiacs. Like, it's ridiculous. These poor undergrads that I see, they like have a lot of classes that are like, I'm sure not easy at all, you know, but also like Matt's, you know, percussion stuff. So I can't, I cannot imagine. We've said that a lot this year, like, oh, these poor little, little kids. But, um, I had a, I had a good GPA. Um, it was like a 3.86 something, I think, I think for undergrad. So like, I would, you know, try, but I, I don't, I, could be wrong, but I, I don't think they really, really yeah. look at that for masters. Like, that's not a deciding factor, I believe. If it's okay, you know, like, if it's kind of, you know, on the edge, it's like a... Right, right, right. I think, yeah. As someone who is also in the master's realm right now, I think that's... I agree with everything you said so far, of course. And, like, I think I some places at least want you to have, like, a three... I've heard some places take like a three, some people say it's like a three, five and up. So like, just keep it, just keep it good. Don't fail classes. Like that's just a good word of advice. Cause that's going to go on your transcript forever. And yeah. like, say so you're a DMA and like, oh man, you got a C in music history. What, what did you do? Or like, what'd you do that for? So like, keep your grades up. And like, I know it's really important to always practice, but like, make sure you're hitting the books as hard as you're hitting the practice room. Right. Yeah. I know some places like, at least like Northwestern and I think Rice too, like they'll be like, yeah, you made it past pre-screenings or whatever, but you didn't pass academically, but they still have you audition there, which I wish they would tell you that beforehand, like they should tell you that you got into the school academically before you waste your money and go to Houston to get rejected by Matt Strauss, you know, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, Oh, two things on that. Like UT is doing that too. It's ridiculous. Like you have to be in the top, like however much percent of your class to get past academics. It's ridiculous. And I do know that there was a, an undergrad who auditioned at Rice who like didn't do well in academics and he's like at Juilliard now. 
like he's you know good enough you know but it was just like academics like yeah be like that i will give a shout out to um udell because when i was auditioning around for my master programs they did tell me i got into the school academically before i got my other letters about like my other applications i didn't get in there but like you know i tried it's all good so they so shout out to you Del, for being good about academic side yay that's definitely something that was never explained to me as a as a senior junior high school person me wanting to be a music major is that you both have to apply for the college and the school of music I'm like, oh, I'm going to apply for Illinois State. Oh, cool. I got in. Oh, wait. I didn't even audition yet. Oh, you're supposed to do. T- oh, okay. It makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. So for younger, younger audiences, that's what you got to do. Yeah, cool. I think we're getting to about a kind of a wrapping up kind of time here. So any last questions from, uh, from Sky or Sulin or anybody? I know I'm all good. I've been having a great time. Or like um, even Dana, if you have any questions for us. <laughs> yeah. Dana, do you have any um, like role models that you want to shout out to? Like, oh, I don't know. Man. Mentors. Mentors, yeah. Teachers, friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to my boyfriend, Dan. Love that guy. Um, Teachers. um, Yeah. Shout out to Matt Strauss at Rice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And Tony Edwards, my guy, Tom Burrett, even um, my high school lessons teacher, uh, Jordan Stern. Yeah, he changed my life really all of my teachers I've I've had a really you know good bond with so I feel like I owe them my life you know like yeah absolutely Josh Jones he's a good role model everybody <laughs> should check out it great. yeah Josh Jones yeah Josh great. Jones yeah nice and great question thank you thank you so much for having me this has been a lot of fun yeah it's been awesome to kind of get to know you over this kind of course of an hour or so and just kind of, if you have anything for us, let us know. If you have any questions you want to ask us real quick before we wrap up. If you yeah. don't. Cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, so this podcast, what made you guys want to start this podcast? I think it's pretty cool. It's, that's an interesting question because there, there's a few reasons why I want. One, we just wanted to do something that, because all, all, all three of us, we met online um, and we never met each other in person until PASIC. So we're like, okay, what's something that we can do together that's not overly complicated? And it's like, let's do a podcast. Let's just talk about stuff. Um, and so, so we started doing that. And then as we started getting into it, you know, like, this is pretty fun. We can make this work. And we, it started off with just us talking and then it's like, we should get someone on here. Like, and then we started getting like friends and then some more people. And now, now episode 11, we now have some pretty um, big names on the docket for podcasts and just like all the love and support. Um, again, shout out to Josh Jones, who's going to be here in episode 12. Well, be, um, super excited. And just, it's it's just that's where it's, it's a small idea and we figured out a name 
made a thing, brought it to reality, and now it's growing. And I don't know, that's what, that's that's how it happened. Yeah, and I think one fun thing we don't tell we haven't told a lot of people yet is about the name. So it's like the Alfred Michael Sulin yeah. podcast, <laughs> percussion podcast and all that. And like just it's been wonderful to get to kind of hang out with Sky and Sulin and do this whole shebang. And it's just we meet so many people. We've been like just talking to people we've met. Like I brought my friend from home on here, and he was a really big hit. Shout out to DK. What's up, dude? And like, love you, uh, DK, great guy. But um, yeah. Another thing I just learned so much about like the business side of a podcast. There's so many like kind of biz- little business quirks about this thing. Like you know, starting social media pages, writing scripts, trying to figure out who wants to come on the show, asking around seeing what's going on for everything like again like building places for people to support us like we have our patreon that launched last week so you can find us on patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash tams percussion and feel free to donate there we'll have a couple of options for you all we have a, a the video version of this podcast that we can all see right now now i want you all to be able to see uh, a couple exclusive little reels, like little bloopers are going on. Other exclusive content will be coming up soon. And I think we're also going to be getting into merch soon. So that's going to be fun. So like, just trying to like figure out... There's really so many different things you can do with a podcast. And like, I also not think of this just as a podcast. I'm thinking this is also a little percussion collective. Because as much as I love talking to these people and picking their minds, they're also great players, great musicians. In my humble opinion, y'all are wonderful, and I love y'all. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I want merch too. Whenever it comes out, I'm gonna get yeah. some. Actually, this is a secret, but we're making xylophone mallets with our faces on them. <laughs> we are getting brand Tam Shaker eggs. Or actually, no, Shaker bananas. Just, just a banana. Not apples, because I'm allergic to apples. That's you a long are? question, but. It's not sad, but I have a shaker. Wow. Yeah, so it's been it's been fun. It's been fun, yeah. everybody. Everybody on here. Thanks again to Dana. Go follow her on Instagram. She you have to come her. back when you're famous. I mean, you and, are famous, but like, I don't know when you win like three orchestra jobs, like Berlin, <laughs> Chicago Symphony, New York Phil, and do them all at the same time. <laughs> I, like, give us your autograph, and then we'll sell it on eBay. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah back on the podcast exactly yeah we can definitely have you back on the podcast and again thanks to everybody at home for checking us out today it's been a blast and as we say stay groovy they groove in michael we're grooving groove in. we're moving to groove in yeah they groove in it's all about the groove <laughs> all right thanks guys